Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Friday, January the 5th, 2018. Happy Friday, everybody. It's 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Time for your second daily dose of happy. And uh, Wendy, I know you've been hard at work, but uh, I got the impression from our very brief pre-call that uh, your day's going pretty good. It is. And the thing that is most particularly good about it is that today's my last day before I have a week off. So even though there's still a lot to get done before I'm off, there's just a, you know, it's kind of that feeling of like you're going on vacation, you know, like or, or school is out or summer break is coming. So I always love that feeling. Nice. Do you have any plans for next week? Living. Living, okay. <laughs> sleeping. Sleeping, yeah. Uh, sleeping, sleeping. Can I add a little bit of rest and relaxation? Sleeping. Um, okay. And do, and seeing what it feels like to do the show every day without my Outlook reminder telling me that it's coming up 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, go. <laughs> I, I, I think I sense a pattern here. We've got sleep and we've got show. Sleep and show. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's great, oh, wait, though. Gonna, let's throw in there. I do have time that I want to spend with friends and going out to lunch and talking to people that normally I don't feel like I have, you know, uh, the, the quality time available to, you know, that's spend great. with people that I care about. So that's, I definitely that's so important. put that in as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Really good. And I can tell that you're you're feeling good, too, because on the days where you're waiting for me to to come up with the the uh, the topic, those are the days when you're feeling really pressed. Today you came up with the topic, which was based on something we talked about <laughs> yesterday. But that means you're more relaxed, so that's good. That's a good thing. I even had time to write down notes. Whoa, so you're right. <laughs> Whoa, oh my god. Okay, everybody, be ready. The universe is about to shift. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if every Friday could be a Friday where I'm about to be on vacation the next week, you know, my life would be so different. What, what a actually, mindset. I like that mindset. That's kind of, that's what I want to practice next week. I want okay. to practice what it feels like to be in an entrepreneurial position where I'm doing my own thing again. Cause nice. I'm really looking forward to doing that. I like mm-hmm. that. So you came up with a topic. I'm going to let you introduce it. And, you're, and, uh, okay. I'm going, I know, I'm going to let you do it mainly because I know you handle these things really, really nicely. This is kind of a delicate topic for people. Oh, okay. Well, our topic is what do you have to complain about? (laughs) And the reason it came to mind is because I noticed that when people kind of go on a negative rant, Mm -hmm. sometimes they just enjoy the rant for the sake of the rant. Um, and they don't end up in a good place. Yeah. Other times, um, it leads them to getting clear. This is true. And, you know, that's kind of how I like to think about it. Um, if somebody wants to rant to me, <laughs> I have been known to say, are you ranting or complaining just for the sake of doing it? <laughs> Which, of course, that usually will shock them and go, oh, um, but if it's one of my friends who, like, is very involved in personal development, you know, I might tag on there. Or are you wanting me to just witness your, your frustration? Because I'm happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Or do you want some clarity or do you want some coaching? Or, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can do when we want to complain about something. That's and true. I don't know if – I don't know that I've ever heard anybody talk about the different options we might have available <laughs> to us. Well, usually it's not about the options. It's usually about, I just need to say this. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is that, that uh, the, the way that we've got this framed, what do you have to complain about, it has multiple meanings to it in addition to having multiple ways of answering it. Because what do you have to complain mm-hmm. about? Well, that could be a, a, a reproof, like, well, what do you have to complain about? You know, that kind of thing. Or it could be, right. well, so what's new? Do you have anything to complain about? You know, <laughs> lots of ways to look at this thing. Um, the other question that, and, and, I, that enters my head as, as I'm looking at the topic, as I'm thinking about the topic, is I wonder if part of this topic is the flip side of it, which is what do you have to feel good about? You know what I mean? Well, that was kind of the perspective I really was coming from. Because I don't think there's anything to complain about. Because there's always something positive to find in every situation, even if you're in the midst of something you really don't like in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Because, in fact, well, so, you, you, there's always something to complain about if you want to. 
but you have to understand right. the moment that you're saying, yeah, there's something to complain about and I can find it is the moment that you're also saying, I want to continue to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. <pretty laughs> which much. is, which is a pretty bad place, but I mean, how well, often do I mean, we do no, that? I, you know, <laughs> I would say most of the time it's people who are not involved in personal development at all and True. aren't even thinking along those lines. Or, or maybe they're starting. Well, but I'm just saying, like, I, I have some coworkers that I talk to, and they just call because they, they call me because they're complaining about something. They don't like the way something's going down. You know, I try my best to give them resolution, but sometimes they just want to bitch, grow up, you know, moan and, and groan. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, I'll just kind of internalize, okay, I'm going to be a witness to them. I'm going to give them space to complain to gripe about something because maybe they just need to get it out of their system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if it goes on too long where all of a sudden it just starts to feel really uncomfortable for me, I will have a reason that I have to hang up. Sure. I won't be that abrupt like I'm hanging up on you, but I'll say, you know what, I, gosh, I've got a call coming up in two seconds I have to prepare for, so i got to run. Bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, some people like to stay in their misery. Yeah. And it, it's not my job to try to talk them out of it. Right. If they don't want to. Exactly. Um, yes. But I will always provide them an encouragement or a possible inspiration for a new way to look at it. But, you know, you can tell if you give somebody a, you know, well, another way to think about this is, mm-hmm. you know, fill in the blank. And you do, and if I'll do that a couple times. And they'll just go, yeah, but, and they jump back in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, they're not open at right. this moment. Right. I don't have to judge them for it. No, no, no. But you also don't have to spend I time do. on it either. You don't have to keep exactly. wasting your time on something that clearly is not going to be productive other than to give them a chance to vent. And, you know, i got to tell you, because um, I, was, <laughs> I, I wasn't really a born people pleaser, like I didn't come out of the womb that way, but it was <laughs> something that I learned very young, and so... <laughs> I was a pretty natural people pleaser. I've kind of gotten that, actually. In in the month and a half or so that we've been doing this, I've gotten that pretty clear. You you love to please people, and and I I get the sense of how much you've you've had to kind of grow, in a sense, to to make sure that you have it kind of corralled, that it doesn't take over your life, and you've done it. You've done it in some really cool ways, some very creative ways, too. Well, thank you for that feedback. Yeah, you have. Um, And so one of the things that, you know, now that I recognize that, me complaining doesn't really work well for me because I don't like to stay in my own pain or misery. So I try to flip it to a positive thing as quickly as possible. But I know that, you know, there are times that people just want to complain. And so I have been learning some strategies um, just through trial and error of ways to exit conversations in a polite way where it can cause me to move out of an environment that's feeling really uncomfortable. Okay, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to this. So what do you got? But let, let, let's hear it. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, seriously, I mean, I'm, of, I'm really interested. One of them is the one that I just mentioned, which is if I'm talking on the phone, I'll just kind of make an excuse that I have another appointment and I have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I don't say, and this took me a long time to change this, what I don't say is, I really would love to listen to you more, but oh, I okay. have to go. Yeah. I leave out the, I'd love to listen more, because I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to <laughs> even, I don't want them to even think they should call me back later and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. I mean, I actually think you're more tolerant than I am. I used to be very tolerant. I mean, for the longest time throughout my life, for whatever reason, people felt like they could just talk to me, and they did. And they would talk my ear off, and usually to no particular positive result. And I put up with that for a long time. I finally said, enough of this. I am sick of it. I don't want to hear that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so one of the other ones that I've used um, is there was one person in particular that every time I got in her presence, she would want to talk about politics from a very negative slant. She wanted to just slam, whether it's the president, a senator, whatever, whatever the latest news piece was, she just wanted to, like, slam it and talk about how bad it is and what's going wrong in the world. Well, that's pretty much par for the course with politics, though. I well, mean... and see, I, <laughs> it's like 
that concept goes against the grain of who I am. Well, sure, yeah. Because I believe, you know, what I'm going to say is a bold statement, um, and I'm not going to give a whole lot of parameters around it because I'm sure we'll use it as a, uh, a topic somewhere in the future. Okay. But I believe there's nothing wrong in the world. Okay, that was I love broad. it. I believe all is well in the world. I believe that the planet is healthy and thriving. I believe we as humanity are healthy and thriving. But Whoa. that's what I choose to focus on. I love and it. So, thank you. I mean, I really and love so, that. That's great. So when it comes to politics and the U.S. government, um, I can't speak for other governments, but the U.S. government, you know, it gets a lot of bad rap. Oh, yeah. Um, I just don't go down that road. And so that's not a conversation that I really care to be a part of. And so... Anyway, back to this person I was telling you, she'd show up in my world and she'd just want to slam whatever's going on in politics. Mm -hmm. And as many times as I tried to influence the conversation in a new direction, she wouldn't go there. (laughs) It's almost like she was waiting for me to shut up so she could go back to her ranting and complaining. Oh, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. I I really don't have any doubt. Eventually, this wasn't comfortable for me. But eventually I said, you know what, I am not comfortable talking about politics. Mm-hmm. And so when we get together, would you mind if we just find other things that are more fun for us to talk about that we can both be engaged in and enjoy the conversation? Because for me, politics is just not one of those topics. Sure. How'd she reply to that? And, I'm curious. Well, You could see this look on her face. She looked puzzled, and, like, her eyes were dancing about, like, I could almost hear her words inside was, well, what the hell are we going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a good response, believe it or not. (laughs) And, you know, every now and then, and I brought that up when I knew it was, like, near the end of the time we were going to spend together so she Mm -hmm. could think about it after we parted. Um, But when we did connect, you know, after that, She'd bring up politics again, but now I could say, remember, I kind of said I'd prefer Mm. we don't talk about politics because I really don't have anything to add to what you're saying. Mm. I don't necessarily agree with your your viewpoints, but I don't even want to discuss that because I just don't go down that road. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do, however, want to talk about what's right with it, and she looked at me like, are you kidding? (laughs) I said, I'm happy to explore that with you, but I don't think that's where you're wanting to go. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it kind of took a couple times of, you know, re-meeting her another occasion and another occasion before I think she got the point because she wasn't bringing it up. But here's what's fascinating. She's no longer in my life. Really? Yeah, I didn't go out of my way to, like, ban her from my life, but our lives just went different directions, kind of, like, through natural causes. Interesting, yeah. Well, it it makes sense because, you know, when you you focus on what you want to focus on and you refuse to focus on what you don't want to focus on and somebody else wants to focus on that anyway, you're going to drift apart. There's not any way to keep you two together. It's just that that's just the way of things. I mean, that's the way I saw it. You know, and I don't have a thing in my life where I ban anybody, even if I don't like them at a certain time or I don't like what they're doing. I believe that I'm open to have people come back into my world that maybe we weren't a match at one time. Mm -hmm. But if we change and become a match in the future, I'm still open to that relationship. Which is good. Yeah. I like the approach, too. I like it for a couple reasons. First, because... You refuse to buy into the confrontational mode, and that's probably the biggest minefield right there, and you avoided it. You okay, said, that one didn't happen overnight, Walt. That yeah. one took me a long time <laughs> to, to disembark from the confrontational defensive mode. Uh, well, I can appreciate that because I can tell you, I, I can. It, we'll make this true confessions. For years, I was wrapped up in politics. I don't know if I told you, I, I had a degree in political science. That was where my college degree was in. That was my major. You know, I can tell you re- being really vulnerable here because in the past you've told me that you've studied political science. Oh, no. But, but it, now it was you more said than that. you have a degree. Oh, it, yeah, it was a degree. And, and uh, it was it was the third degree. But <laughs> <laughs> 
And I say it was the third degree because I was really good at putting people through it. But <laughs> but the fact is, I was wrapped up in it for the longest time. I still have. I think I mentioned this to you. I still have a website I maintain for people who want to put up their political opinions, regardless of what they're you know what camp they're from. And you know what the really interesting part about that is? The site was really popular for the longest time. I haven't contributed to it in any significant way in at least two or three years. And I've let other people contribute to it. And it's just kind of dying. <laughs> it's just going yeah. away. I mean, 2018, so far we're at, let's see, we're at uh, January 5th. So far there has been one post. I don't know yeah. if I can convey to you how unusual that is. I mean, usually there was at least really? one or two posts a day. And during the heyday, there were like 10 to 15 posts a day. But just by taking my energy away and taking my attention away, it just is kind of dying. Fizzling <laughs> out. And we're in the midst of, like, here in the U.S., there's, like, major stuff going on in the world of politics that people can get all excited about. But they're just not writing about it on my site anymore. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Well, at least that's my point of view, yay. <laughs> it, it's my long-term point of view. I mean, when, when you've been involved with something like that for so long, it's kind of hard to just let it go. I mean, I, I built that site from scratch, writing the code back before there were things like WordPress to write it. I mean, I just... Oh, my God. You know, so I, I put a lot of effort into that site. It's hard to let something like that go. So I, I've mostly let it go. It's like 99.9% .9 I've let it go, but I'm just not quite ready yet to close it. <laughs> <laughs> What I can tell you, though, is that out of all that experience of dealing with the negative realm of complaining, 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 I have managed to do one really good thing. Um, because I've told you that, uh, like, Joel and I have both kind of taken the pledge, and I know you have pretty much, too, against watching the news. And I, I've extended that to the world of politics, too. I do allow myself to see headlines, but I won't let, my, let myself see anything else. And I do it for only one purpose, and that is to laugh at it <laughs> because it is hysterically <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. That's good. I like that. It's just, I mean, so, especially right now, some of the stuff that's going on here in the U.S. is just plain absurd. It's just crazy. <laughs> so and, I now have a spinoff <laughs> for our show, which is a Daily Dose of Happy. Uh -huh. The next one is going to be for recovering politicians-like <laughs> interests. And it's going to be your daily dose of laughter. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, that's funny though. But yeah, all I... political interest junkies who are on the <laughs> side of wanting to recover from that, please call into this radio show for your daily dose of laughter. I, I think I'm seeing it start to be created. <laughs> uh, 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 my name is Walt, and uh, I'm a recovering political junkie. <laughs> I'm a recovering political junkie. <laughs> I think we have something here. <laughs> uh, 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 I've, I've been addicted to politics for over 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I'll supply the donuts and coffee. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to invent oh, a new 12-step program, too. The new 12-step program is going to go something like this. Step number one, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Step, number Step number two, two return to number... News. No, step number two, return to step number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet that could be used for many different subjects. In it life. could, couldn't it? Yeah, because there's so many things that we can complain about and that we often do complain about. Can you imagine? How about Complainers Anonymous? That's good. You know, we, we and now what I heard anonymous. you say is it's a two-step program. That's right. One laugh, two, repeat number one, <laughs> and do it as often as possible. <laughs> And the best part is huh. it really does work. It's very effective to laugh. When you laugh at the stuff that you've been taking so seriously, it becomes really hard to take it seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really true. hard. I mean, you have to work hard at it in order to take it seriously after that. And and after a while, like with politics, I can't look at the face of a, you know, in a picture of a famous politician without going, <laughs> I just wow. can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've been wow. practicing laughing at it. Well, you know, we love laughter, and we'd love for someone to call in and join, <laughs> join us our, in laughter. our laughter. Absolutely, yes. and if you want to join us, you can certainly do that. And the call-in number is eight six zero two six four fifty four thirty two. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I mean, we know that 
the vast majority of our listeners listen after the fact to the recorded podcast, and that's great. We love all those listeners. They're growing like wildfire. But we're also hoping to build up the listenership live. And so right now that listenership live is probably single digits. It'll get bigger over time. But even when it's single digits, hey, we still like to have the call. It's fun. And we, and we have had a, uh, a, we had a call recently. What was it? Like about a week ago, something like that, which kind of surprised us because we actually got a live call from somebody and it was completely unexpected and it was fun. It was great. So that's just my way of saying you would be welcome to call. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Absolutely. So now here's what I just learned about laughter. Okay. When I laugh and I get truly present, in the laughter and just really let it resonate and flow through my whole body, I completely lose my train of thought. I had a wonderful new <laughs> branch on this topic, and now I'm like, where did it go? Where did it go? <laughs> and I'll bet you, you were trying to address some sort of a topic that had a negative tinge that you wanted to turn to something else, and because you were laughing, that's why you forgot it. No you know, kidding. You know what I mean? Because because when you're in that really positive vein, we lose track of all the negative stuff. That's, that's why being positive is so effective, right? Because we <laughs> yes, can't – when, when you're positive, it's like, what negative? There's negative here? <sighs> okay. Now I know going forward when I get a, a thought, I need to immediately write down a note so that <laughs> you don't put me into laughter and it causes me to put that. <laughs> yes, it's all my fault. I take total blame. No problem. <laughs> All right, okay. Anybody who, who wants to blame me for making them laugh, I'm happy to accept the blame for that. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, well, I do, but I do have a note that I did write down, so oh, okay. I do have another direction to move on this one, um, which I have found that, and I guess I don't, I don't even couch it in the word complaining. That was really more just to have something fun to talk about. Sure. Um, but if I want to talk about something that doesn't feel good to me mm. or has a negative connotation, okay. or let's say I just experienced something with a person or a situation, ah, I just thought of what it is. Only, hold on, everybody. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> I am not going to forget it this time. Okay. Why don't I have the, um, the Jeopardy theme on, on hold here so I can just hit Jeopardy <laughs> while you're doing that? <laughs> so... If there's something that I'm not enjoying, I do know, and Abraham talks about this, that one of the ways you can get clear in your life is by going on a, a negative rant, by going on a complaining jag. Now, they don't really say, okay, people, complain away. But if you are complaining, if you do it with a sense of purpose, and this is a practice that hmm. I actually have in my life, okay. I don't want to just complain about something for the sake of complaining. I do it with my purpose, and my purpose is to get clear on what I do want. Because complaining, blaming, contrast, negative experiences, negative thoughts, what those are all good for is to find what's the polar opposite. Hmm, because, okay. you know, in the moment you're experiencing something you don't want, right. in that exact same moment on a level that we cannot see, hear, taste, touch, or smell, what we prefer is born. Yeah, that's good. I like that because certainly that's what Abraham Hicks teaches, the idea that without that's contrast, true. we wouldn't have life. Life would be impossible yeah. without the contrast. But, you know, the thing is, then, you, then I often hear Abraham saying, okay, let's say somebody's on a negative jag and they can't get off of it, and Abraham will say something like, well, find whatever you can to lean toward the positive because if you focus on what you want – then you'll make your way to it. But you know what? To me, in real life, oftentimes we experience something we are not liking at all, mm -hmm. but we have no real clue what we prefer. Like the universe knows, because in the moment we're complaining and experiencing the thing we don't like, the universe immediately knows what we want, because we have energetically sent a message with, here's our preference. But... We as the human are like, and what would that preference be, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't really know. So this is where I think having a little complaint session can be really positively utilized. Now, who would have ever thought I'd put those words together? You could positively, <laughs> positively utilize complaining. But the way I do it, you can either journal, that's one method, mm -hmm. or I like to do it with a friend because I like to be very verbal. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask someone specifically, do you mind just letting me bounce something off of you because I'm wanting to get clear and I don't know exactly how that's going to happen. 
And so assuming I have a friend that says, sure, go ahead, I'll start talking about here's the problem, this is what happened, this is how horrible I felt, this is what this person said or did to me, and this really sucked. And, you know, I go into it, trust me, with full emotion. But I I know in the back of my head I'm doing it to get clarity because I want to know what it is that I prefer and or what's the next step or what's the direction for me to go that comes out of this. Or what's a new thought that I hadn't considered before? And so I'll be on one of my little complaining jags, and oftentimes right smack in the middle of it, I'll get an aha. Because I am fully embracing the negative, and I'm doing it with tons of inflection and emotion and passion, I'm as passionate about the negative as I am about the positive, when I'm just out there, it is amazing to me how I almost always get an aha moment because I see something from a perspective that had never occurred to me. Or just because I'm saying it to somebody, they sometimes have feedback for me and go, well, did you ever consider this? And sometimes that becomes the very purpose for why that complaining session was so valuable. Now, just to clarify, just to clarify, um, are you saying that you use this as an occasional tool, or are you saying that you actually have found yourself staying in that negative zone for a while, and so because you've been in it, you figured, well, the only way I can get out is if I do this process that you just described of you know, just really embracing all of it until you finally get some clarity either through insight or from somebody else? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah, so if I'm in the moment and I'm experiencing something really uncomfortable, I let myself just feel the discomfort of it. Um, now, I purposely won't, like if I'm engaged with someone, I won't have a giant rant session with that person because that I don't want to involve another person in my own negative energy. Mm-hmm. It usually just snowballs and makes it really worse. But let's say I've just gotten off the phone with somebody and I realize I am just really fuming angry. Mm-hmm. I will take the time to just feel it and internally ask questions about it. And sometimes I'll think all sorts of internal dialogue, like I can't believe that person did that to me, and why does this happen over and over, and what on earth is going on here, and how the heck can I get out of this? And so, yeah, I'll throw all my emotion in it if I'm by myself, but it becomes a much more useful tool when I can engage a friend to just be an objective listener. So then I have to ask, what what do you do in order to keep it from becoming a negative vortex? Um, Leaning toward the positive, knowing that the purpose for my allowance of this is that I'm wanting to find clarity and my preference. Okay, but the thing that I'm confused on is, if I maybe I misunderstood the setup, but... I thought in the setup you were saying that you were engaging this in this because you didn't know what your preference was. So my question is, if you don't know what the preference is, how do you know which direction is positive? Because in it, within my head, I know I have an intention of I'm wanting to find a resolution. I'm wanting to find my preference. I'm wanting to find clarity. Oh, okay. So, so you're would, treating it like it's a, it's a request to the universe, help me find the, the clarity. Yes. Okay. And I would say for me, that intention governs my whole life. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. In other, in other words, because of who I am and who I've come to be, I always want to feel good. And if there's anything in my life that's not feeling good, I want it to change. Mm-hmm. So I just have a governing intention. Universe, help me get to that which will help me feel good, yes. happy, aligned, And so in the beginning, I probably said those words in my head or I said them even to my friends. You know, my intention is to find a positive outcome. Um, I don't do that anymore because it's kind of like it's a blanket blanket intention in my life. And it's an important one. It's key because without that, I think that's how you would end up in a negative vortex. That's the thing that keeps you out. Yes, because I do have the understanding that every piece of uncomfortable, discomfortable, painful, negative, complaining, blaming, revengeful, on and on and on, experience is there to help me expand my world in a positive way. What's cool, too, about 
asking God, source energy, the universe, whatever, to give you clues, to, you know, show me the direction I have to go. Give me an idea of what I have to do in order to find that positive preference that I can't find right now. When you, when you mm-hmm. do that, when you put that message out there, that actually becomes very powerful because well, you, made it, you made it open enough and general enough that the answer can come back in a wide variety of ways. It's a lot better than asking for, show me the one thing that I need to, to see as a different preference in this particular case. That, that's a different kind of, of feel to it. The kind of feel you're putting out is much more general. I, I can't find the positive. Show me the positive. And you're giving the universe a whole lot more range to give you the answer you're looking for. Because my desire is to feel good. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is another overarching intention of my life. I, want, I want to feel good. Now, here's what's interesting about that. The universe already knows we want to feel good. That, yeah. is an, that is an intention of all of humanity. Right. However, when I focus on it and I have my own awareness and I can acknowledge I want to feel good, mm-hmm. that's not engaging the universe and helping me to feel good. That's getting me to focus on it so that my energy can actually receive what the universe has always wanted to bring me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, when you were talking about, you know, like, now you can receive the guidance for the clarity. Well, the guidance and the, the clues have been always available to us. Mm-hmm. But when we're focused so much on the complaining and the negative side of things, even though it's being handed to us, we can't see it. We can't receive it. And that's where, so, that's where it becomes so important to, like you say, focus on the request, the request for help me see it. Right. Because without that, you just drown. And what I think is it's just a key distinction, but something that lately I've just been enjoying um, paying attention to is when I get, when I ask the question, help me feel better or, you know, help me get clear, that request is really for me to get lined up with that request to be open to receive it. Sure. It's not like, oh, finally the universe is saying, well, we've been waiting for you to give us an invitation to hand you something. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, they've been doing it over and over and over. We just haven't seen it. Right. And that, you know, that's so, very, very true to Abraham Hicks' teaching, too, because Abraham teaches us that essentially we are both in the physical and in the non-physical at the same time. They, they, they like to debunk the concept mm-hmm. that we start in non-physical, we come to physical, and then we revert back to non-physical. In truth, we're always in non-physical, but while we're in physical, we're in both places at the same time. And it's the, right, it's, it's the, uh, the, the relationship between the physical part of me and the non-physical part of me, that interface, so to speak, is where all the emotions take place. And in their teaching to, to, to the degree that those two pieces of me are in alignment, that's when I feel great, that's I, I feel happy, all the good things start to happen, I'm manifesting all the stuff that I want. When those two pieces of me are out of alignment with each other and not, not working nicely together, with almost, like two, almost like two magnets that are kind of fighting each other, that's when I start to feel bad, I'm, in, I'm feeling depressed, nothing seems to work. That's the difference in the emotional set point, whether or not the physical me and the non-physical me are in alignment with each other. Are in other. agreement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and something that I have witnessed within the world of law of attraction and students of law of attraction and how they use it, um, I think it's fascinating because I, when I was on the um, uh, what was that? The Cancun Land Cruise a couple years ago, mm. I, I would meet somebody. Now, everybody in this resort is all Abraham Hicks. We're all there for the same purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. But there was an interesting phenomenon because you start to get to know people and you start telling your stories. And all of a sudden, you, I, I would hear somebody wanting to tell me a negative story. And they would cu- cut themselves off and edit it because they're like, oh, no, I'm like talking to another law of attraction <laughs> person. And we all know that we're supposed to be speaking positively. And, you know, I can't say these words. Rats, I can't and, get away with it. <laughs> yeah. But what's so, it, what was interesting about it, and this is just my own personal take on it, is that we weren't being truthful to who we are. If somebody wants to tell a story, I'm okay if it has a negative connotation. 
So long as, and this is how you know if someone's truly in the flow of law of attraction, if they want to tell a negative story but it helps them to get clarity and or they're going to bring it to a positive point, okay, that's a great story. I tell negative stories. I don't get my emotions all entangled in them. I don't want to go reactivate negative things. But sometimes for the purpose of explaining to somebody else who wants to know, is this possible? Sure, I'll tell somebody a negative story, but I'm always going to end on the positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, that's another something like um, if I'm coaching someone or somebody asks me, well, all I, all I know is the anger. What do I do with it? And I'll say, well, let's talk through the anger and what about it is so um, unpleasant, but let's keep in mind we want to figure out how we can get to what you really prefer. Yes. And one of the things that I'm very aware of is when you're really actively engaged in something that's of an un, unpositive, <laughs> of a negative nature, we're giving a lot of airtime to what's negative, and we all know, those who really study law of attraction, that what you feel is what the universe is responding to. Right. And so if you spend a good 10, 15, 20 minutes talking about something really unpleasant, you're actually saying to the universe, please bring me more of that, please bring (laughs) me more. Or to to take it to the analogy we were talking about before about how the physical and the non-physical are out of alignment with each other, what, what's really happening is that we're asking our non-physical self and staying out of alignment when we do it. Say that again? When, when, we're when asking our we're asking physical We're asking our, our non-physical side about something that's uncomfortable. And in order to, to we, talk about something that's uncomfortable, we have to feel that uncomfortable. Well, the act of feeling something puts us out of alignment. Right, because our, our, our non-physical self will never join us. Exactly. In the negative, yes, that's because right. Because we're not thinking that way. So we're actually yes, doing it that, to ourselves. That's that's my point. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I, I have been known to say to somebody, okay, you've just spent X amount of time talking about something that's not very positive. Is that really where you want to leave your vibration right yes, now? Yes, right. Because if you really want what you prefer – Let's start talking about that. Let, let's go after and say, well, what does this thing bring up that, like, I really wish I could have or I really wish I would have? And let's spend more time on that and spinning those possibilities because what I find is that when we work with that intention, we land in a much better place. And now our broadcast signal <laughs> to the universe is saying, this is what I want, this I don't even know exactly what it looks like, but I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And I don't want these things to happen anymore. And then they begin. that's what begins to show up. Yeah, it's an interesting thing about the negativity and the negative feelings and so forth. When you examine it from the perspective of this two pieces of ourselves, physical and non-physical, being in or out of alignment, when you look at it that way, then it becomes clear that, well, first of all, since we're here to explore the contrast, we're going to be somewhat out of alignment with ourselves at times. And what you're really saying is that's not necessarily bad. The only thing that's bad, oh. and bad is perhaps even the wrong oh. word, the only, the only thing that's unpleasant about it is if you decide to stay there. If you exactly. decide to stay exactly. out of alignment, then that becomes really unpleasant. Over a long period of time, it becomes, ex- it becomes extremely unpleasant. But the whole point of being here, the whole point of living and having fun and enjoying this and learning and expanding and growing as beings is to explore where we're out of alignment, where we're in alignment, and where our preferences are, where those two things are concerned. Because preferences are what drive life. Without the preferences, we're nothing. We have nothing to go with. And the only way to have the preferences is to explore the contrast. And what's really fascinating about that, Walt, is first of all, we knew coming into this physical existence that we were going to experience negative things. We never, we never said, but we'll stay there. We always knew we were going to move towards our preference, but here's the cool part. In the moving towards the preference, that is where the exhilaration and joy of life actually exists. So when you've heard people use the phrase, the joy is in the journey, I don't think a lot of people really understand 
what that really means. I think you're right. Now, I've experienced it a, no a number of times where I've gone, oh, my God, this is what's meant by the joy is in the journey. <laughs> and it happens when I've been in a really bad place about something or just felt really, and I want it over with and I want to move to some better feeling place. And then all of a sudden new ideas and new things begin to spark inside of me and I move toward my preference. And that is an exhilaration that happens for me on a very internal feeling level. And I feel such a sense of joy and well-being that I'm like, oh, this is the, I'm in the journey. This mm -hmm. is the journey. This is really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and but, so, it, I, I was, as you were describing that, I was noticing that from a logical perspective, we can actually define this as four different um, paths, if you will. Path one, you stay in alignment which is okay, it's good, it's happy, it's fun. It, it gets kind of boring mm -hmm. after a while, but, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it feels good, you know. Path number two, you go to negative and you stay in the out of alignment, which is about as miserable as it gets. <laughs> it's not much fun at all. And I have to admit, whenever I have thought about the phrase, enjoy the journey, that's what I thought I was supposed to enjoy. And I said, well, that's not fun. I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> The, I had the same thought. <laughs> the, the third possibility is where you're going from being in alignment to out of alignment. That part of the journey is not real fun either. <laughs> that part is, oh, my God, everything's falling apart. <laughs> and yet it's necessary. And yet it's necessary because that makes it possible to do the real journey, like you say, which is where you're out of alignment and you're moving back into alignment. And that's where the journey becomes, oh, my goodness. That's, that's where you get where the it real journey. So much fun. Yeah, that's the journey. Right. That is the true journey. I I agree a hundred percent. That's where all the best parts of the journey are. Now, does it mean that we should just reject the other parts? No. I mean, Joel is actually a great uh, spokesman for that. He says, embrace the fact that you moved away from the alignment. Embrace for the fact that you hit bottom. Mm -hmm. Embrace the fact that you had those those things happen because from that point on, it was all up. It was all improvement. And that's where the journey happens. So he, he loves the fact that he had some bad stuff happen. He didn't like living them at the time, but he loved what happened afterward. So oftentimes I find myself using the phrase, it's all good. Yes. It's all good. And normally that's my response to a coworker when they tell me something they did that was either stupid or wrong or incorrect or they, you know, some, some negative thing that happened. And my response is, it's all good. Because I know that when they're explaining it to me, they just shared it from, here's what went wrong, but I know I'll never do that again. Mm. So it is all good because mm -hmm. they learned something from their blunder. That's yep. okay. Mm -hmm. And if you hadn't experienced the blunder, you couldn't have gotten the new awareness. One of the things that Mike talks about, Mike Dooley, um, who appeared in The Secret, of course, he talks about it a lot in his Notes to the Universe, is how... When people come here, the people who are in pure non-physical form are envious and amazed and actually stunned by the bravery of it. And the reason that they're stunned by the bravery is pretty much what we've been talking about here. Like, wow, you're putting yourself out there. You're, you're, you're risking getting hurt. You're risking all this other stuff so that you can experience all this wonderful thing that we're watching vicariously from here on the, the, the non-physical side. And when I first read that in those early notes that I first saw, I didn't quite get it. I mean, it sounded nice. It sounded reassuring. But it was like, do I really want to be the guinea pig? Because <laughs> that's the way it felt. You know, like, I don't really want to be a guinea pig, and I don't really want to have everybody else on the other side watching me be a guinea pig. That's not terribly fun. But as I lived with it for a while, as I thought about it, I realized more and more he was talking about what you were just talking about. He was talking about how great it is to live out on what he calls the leading edge, which is living in the physical world as non-physical beings, you know, or, or as they like to say, spiritual beings having a physical experience, and right. going through the process of, yeah, you, you, you move away from what feels good, you try some stuff, you realize what you like and what you don't like, and that leads you on a journey that is amazing in terms of getting you to where you wanted to be in the first place. 
It's, it's, it's kind of like riding the roller coaster. I mean, I'm not a roller coaster fan, so maybe the, not the best example from my perspective, but for somebody who likes roller coasters, that's why you ride the roller coaster. Cause there's the element of fear. There's the element of, uh, you know, suspense and, and oh my God and so forth. And then you ride it and it's exhilarating. And then when you're done, you want to do it again. Well, I don't. I want to go throw up, but <laughs> you understand what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. And you know, there was a point in my life that I remember thinking, what would, what it, what would it be like if I saw everything as a positive, even the negative things? What if I really embraced it? Now, when I say I was thinking about it, it didn't mean I was embracing it yet. Mm-hmm. I was just contemplating the possibility of what it might be like. Right. And as I thought about it, I went, well, I wonder if it would make the negative times less negative. Because if Ooh. I knew that every negative led to a positive – Instead of where I was at the time, which is every negative just was negative until you could find a way to crawl out of it, that would be kind of encouraging to me. I, I, I think that would feel okay. That's a great insight. And so little by little, I went from just contemplating that idea to I think I'll just try that on for size and see what it feels like the next time something negative happens to say, okay, Wendy, find a way to embrace this and feel encouraged that it's going to turn around. And what was really fascinating is the more I allowed myself to just play with that and experience it, the better the positive results were. And then it became easy for me to accept. And again, this was over a matter of years. It wasn't something I did overnight. But it became much easier to allow the negative things to happen without feeling like my world has just collapsed, I'm falling apart, you know, I'm going to die. Um And then I kind of moved into the next stage, which was, what would happen if the next time something negative happens, I, like, have an immediate response of, oh, how exciting is this? Something negative happened. (laughs) And now I get an opportunity to expand, grow, and have my preference show up. You just want to be careful who you say that to because you don't want the guys in the little white coats to come along. But other than that, it's great. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're going to love what I just thought of when you said that. Oh, okay. I, I wonder how amazing it would be to be inside of an institution <laughs> and be institutionalized and experience that and be able to influence people who were there in a positive way. <laughs> All I will say is better you than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and honestly, that really was my thought. I didn't just make that up. I mean, that really was what I was thinking. Like, well, that would be an interesting experience. And I wouldn't feel like, oh, I'm doomed for life because I know, you know, the universe has my back. And it's like, so what if I got put in an institution temporarily, you know, and I got to experience things from another perspective? Because when you're sane, you don't get to experience what insanity is like or being in an environment with insanity, right? True. So if you really want to study that, what a better place to be than to be amongst one of them. <laughs> Personally, I got my fill of it when I saw the old movie from the 1970s, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But uh, I do remember that. You remember that movie? Yeah, Jack Nicholson and all that. Yeah. Oh, boy, that was quite a cast. They were really something. <laughs> but uh, that one, and there's another one from France from around the same period called The King of Hearts. Have you ever seen I that one? I see that one. Le Roi de Coeur. Uh, essentially, it's the story of an insane asylum in France during World War II. And at one point, the Germans come, and the the town disappears, and the inmates get out, and they start wandering around behaving like the citizens. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that the insane asylum is actually full of the brightest people, because as soon as the word comes that the Germans are about to come into town, they just drop all their props and walk right back into the asylum. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's so funny. Very good. Very, very good movie. If you've never seen it, check that one out. But, um, well, okay, so remember I did forget, and then I remembered, and I wrote something down in my notes. Mm-hmm. So I want to chat about that. Which okay. It's, it has to do with, and here's an area that I experienced probably the biggest number of negative experiences where I complained when I was done over and over and over. And it might be an area that most people don't think about in terms of areas that you're going to be a complainer. But for me, it had to do with calling vendors. Hmm. 
So if I had to call my phone company or if I had to call the mortgage company or anybody I do business with, if I had to call them, I because of who I am, I have a certain protocol of what I consider professionalism. I have a certain protocol of what my expectations are when I talk to them, that they want to be kind to me and that they actually want to help resolve the problem. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> and I have had, over the course of my life, first of all, so many vendor calls that went bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I would say the majority of <sighs> the majority of my life was that way. Wow. Up until maybe about five years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think I've mentioned on one show that when I was in traditional therapy, um, my therapist and I were working on certain issues, and I was talking about frustration and disappointment. And she said, well, how often do you feel you experience those? And mm-hmm. I said, about 17 times a day. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> she laughed. It was seven. I said, I don't know why that number came to mind, <laughs> but I'm really pretty sure that's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I, I started to look at where these 17 times a day things showed up. And I realized it was either talking to a vendor or because when I was a costume designer, I was out shopping a lot for different things that I would make costumes out of. Mm-hmm. And so I would be at department stores. I would be at fabric stores. I, I, but I was out in the retail world. Okay. And to me, that's part of the vendor world. Well, that explains it because I was trying to figure out how you could even have 17 vendor phone calls in a day. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> oh good by God. itself. <laughs> so for me, it was part of my job. Um, and I felt like I was let down and disappointed and frustrated by so many people not living up to my expectations, which that we could do a whole show on that one. Um, <laughs> but I was frustrated constantly. And so here's where this really started. This is where I noticed the change the most. When my father passed away about four years ago, I took over handling the finances and all the vendor relationships on behalf of my mother. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know these vendors, you know, my dad had been dealing with them before and now it was my turn. Right. Well, there was one particular vendor that I didn't learn it until later that my father had been calling every single month because he'd been overcharged for something by $7.95. <laughs> and so when I started taking over the bills, I went, well, what is this? So I called the company and they explained what the bill is, you know, and I'm like, well, what's the $7.95? And I went, oops, um... You shouldn't be paying for that. That's actually a free service that's bundled into everything else you're getting. So we'll give you a credit. I said, thank you. So I get the credit <laughs> on my bill. But then the next month I'm charged for it again. Oh, good grief. So I call them back and, you know, I explain what's going on. And they said, we're really sorry. That shouldn't have happened. We'll give you a credit. Thank you. And then it showed up again. I sense the power well, here. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, the first time it was like not a big deal. It's like, ah, these things happen. The second time, I'm a little irritated. The third time, I want to kill somebody. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with this company? Can't you get anything right? What are your systems like? And, you know, I'm just blowing it out of proportion. And what happened is that month after month, and I mean month after month after month, the same thing. I would call to get the credit, and it would still show up the next month. And... I was so frustrated and so angry, and it was like I was taking it out on these poor customer service people. Mm. And I felt horrible later, terribly guilty, because I'm like, I have just been so rude and so obnoxious, but I'm so frustrated because I can't get this resolved. And the more I engage my emotions, and trust me, at this point, I wasn't looking for clarity. I wasn't trying to find you know, the positive outcome within myself, I was looking for the positive outcome for these people to fix it. Mm -hmm. Looking outside of myself because I was blaming them. I wasn't taking ownership of it at all. Yep. But as I kept getting more angry, I started to recognize that I was dreading when that statement would come out because I knew what it was going to be. I knew what it was going to require. And I realized that I would be in a fit of just, I don't know if it's rage or just extreme anger, for about two hours after my call that it might have taken an hour anyway Mm. because I was that outraged. 
And when I started becoming aware of like, oh, my goodness, you're like, I was now avoiding making the phone call because I knew the impending doom (laughs) that was on its way. Boy, we're really good at just tying ourselves into knots. You know that? We're just really good at that. We're so good at it. And, I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it good. And let me tell you, I was doing it good. And so, Well, I always say it's good to have a skill. It's just not perhaps that one. That's all. (laughs) So after I'm going through this doom and gloom, it's like each month I was getting a little bit of clarity. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was getting a little bit of clarity of how I was feeling and what I was now bringing to the table because I realized I went into it projecting my expectation that these people were going to be idiots, that they weren't going to resolve the problem, that I was going to be angry, and that we were going to continue to the cycle. And I went, well, that's what I'm bringing to the table, (laughs) because I'm now thinking about that. I didn't think that on the first call, but because it kept getting worse, now it was my own um, um, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so that caused me to start asking some new questions. What can I do to start to shift this? And I would say the last five of the 17 months this went on, I wasn't quite as angry. As a matter of fact, I, would say, I started to say things like, you know what, to, to whoever had answered the phone, I know you are doing the best that you can on my behalf. It's not your fault if your systems are not cooperating. So improvement, that's good. That, that was much more improved, and I'd get off the phone, and I was a little bit frustrated because it still wasn't fixed, but I wasn't quite so angry, and it didn't take me two hours to recover emotionally. So when I recognized that, I went, oh, I'm on to something here. If I shift who I, who I am and what my thinking is, it changes the outcome for how I feel. It still wasn't changing the outcome for the bill still being wrong, but it was changing how I feel. And I went, well, that's more important to me than the bill being right. Yep. So if you can hear just in that last sentence, I started to let go of my resistance on the bill being wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were right on the way. And so little by little, um, each month got better and better. And then one month, magically, it's, it just stopped being a problem. <laughs> and I have to tell you, that is one of my most exciting stories I've ever lived out because it, for all I know, Walt, it could have been the very thing that has allowed today's conversation to take place where I say go ahead and vent, mm-hmm. but do it with the intention of getting clarity and your preference coming to fruition because I, it, it was like I felt like I was inside my brain watching the stupid things that I was doing in the past yep. and things that were um, um, creating the misery that I, had, that I was experiencing. And I, I saw myself inside myself going, oh, look at what I am doing. And most importantly, most importantly, you did it at the pace you needed to do it. I mean, you could easily have just tried to you know, quickly turn it around and push for, okay, I'm going to get myself into the positive zone, blah, 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 blah. But you went on the, the, uh, the very long extended route, for sure. I mean, 17 mm-hmm. months is a long extended route, but it was the route you <laughs> need, it was the route you needed to take. And that's the key point. You followed the route you needed to take. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm saying, oh, my goodness, we've got a minute and 20 seconds left. So we have to draw this to a close fairly soon. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how these shows just fly on by. So let me just get the commercial announcement out of the way. Um, If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. We don't want you to miss any of the episodes. Just go to LOAToday.net. If you're already there uh, because you're listening to the live broadcast, then the button's right there in front of you. You can also do it through your iPhone or through your Android. On the iPhone, um, just go to the iTunes store or to your podcast software, search on LOA Today. Same thing on the Android, except in this case, you go to the Google Play Store. And, Wendy, obviously you're really good at coaching, so how do people reach you if they want to get some coaching? They can find me at my website, which is wendydillard.com, and there you can find my phone number and my email address, and whichever way you prefer to contact me, please feel free to reach out and do so. As usual, we've hit the ball out of the park. Wendy, I can't wait to do it again next week. 
let's do it. Sounds- and I'll be on vacation next week, so who knows what will happen to me then. I think it's just going to be even more amazing, so people don't want to miss it. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye now.